Please note, if you're listening to this, you must be 18 years of age or older. This podcast contains adult themes and may include descriptions that listeners could find offensive. Thank you. By coming out to ourselves, we free up the energy we spent keeping a part of ourselves hidden. Patrick Califia. Welcome to the Kinky Nerdy Polly Podcast. Well, hello, I'm Em. And I'm G. And in today's episode of the KNP Podcast, we're going to be talking about... Coming out as polyamorous. To give a short summary of today's episode, we will be talking about... The general process of coming out, tips for coming out, potential outcomes, and... Then we will discuss, more specifically, our personal experiences. I'm going to say, I am loving the pseudo-Mid-Atlantic accent. Pseudo-Mid-Atlantic accent? I am from here! No. Mid-Atlantic is a... It's a fabricated accent from, like, the 1940s and 30s when they want to do movies for both English and American audiences. Sorry, transatlantic. That's the one. Oh, transatlantic. That's oh, what I was thinking. Oh, transatlantic makes more sense. Yes. I was like, mid-Atlantic actually is a legit thing. No, I was thinking transatlantic, but then I thought, then I said mid-Atlantic. I don't know why. That's okay. I don't know what I was doing there, but that's what I decided on. Yeah, I'm loving it. You're loving it? Are our audience folks going to love it? You can vote <laughs> at a fake poll at www.fakepoll.com slash... Mid-Atlantic slash actually transatlantic accent.com. <laughs> I said .com twice, didn't I? Yeah, you did. <laughs> that is a fake link. Link at the bottom of the show notes. <laughs> link at the bottom of the show notes. Damn. Uh, okay. So today we're going to be talking about coming out as polyamorous. I think one of the first things we want to talk about is what is coming out exactly. And I think one thing to keep in mind is that coming out is just sort of a point where you're trying to reveal information. It doesn't often apply. Often it's used in the sort of LGBTQ sense of like people coming out of the closet to say that they are gay or lesbian or trans and but you know you can come out about a lot of things you could come out as atheist to your religious family you could come out as being pregnant there are a lot of situations where you're revealing information which could also potentially put you in a vulnerable position yeah i think i remember seeing a ted talk about this a while ago and i think it was done by a lesbian woman talking about you know how she came out as being a lesbian but then also saying like okay, but this is not just exclusive to the LGBTQ community. There's a lot of ways that people come out, and it's actually more relevant than you might think. But ultimately, it's about disclosing something that you think might not be perceived well by, you know, other people or might set you up, like you said, in that vulnerable situation. So even if it could be perceived in a positive way or could be perceived in a way that is, you know, might not necessarily might not necessarily put you up in a disadvantage, it still is sharing something that might be, again, intimate, vulnerable, it's often shared with those who are close to you or those who you interact with frequently, such as your coworkers, your colleagues. We often think of like coming out to family is like what some of the first things that we think of with coming out. So because you're putting yourself in a vulnerable position, coming out is almost always uncomfortable. Yes, it's 
it's almost never a comfortable thing to come out because you, even if you think you know how it's going to go, you don't know how it's going to go. So there's always that uncertainty, which makes things uncomfortable. Yeah, even if you think like, oh, okay, these people are going to be accepting. It's like, it's still pretty uncomfortable. And I've noticed that in situations where you're coming out, if it often involves like systemic oppression or systemic hierarchies in society. So in in relationship structures with polyamory, monogamy is the quote unquote default relationship structure in many societies. And I think it's muddy due to you know, a long history of colonialism. So, you know, at least in our society here in America, it's kind of seen as like monogamy is sort of the default. Yeah. And if you're coming out as polyamorous, that is certainly out of the norm. And it puts you in a position where that is seen as like a a lesser sort of relationship structure. Mm. That being said, if you're coming out in, you know, as something that's like a vulnerable position, you're coming out as polyamorous and it's something that is not normal. Some people don't even know what the heck it is. Yeah. Why do it? There there are a few different reasons, and it's obviously going to depend on the person about why they specifically are doing it. But I think one thing is you is even if you're even if you're not directly lying about something, like having to sort of tap dance in your mind around a subject can get draining. So just being able to sort of free yourself from that constant sort of mental drain of like who who knows about this who can I tell about this I think being able to come out is sort of a freeing can often be freeing or a way to free yourself from having to hide parts of yourself all the time yeah it can be hard to remember who you're quote-unquote keeping secrets from so to speak yeah and like if you have some family members who you're you're like out to and others you're not or for example or if you just always refer to like oh this is my my friend or whatever and then you like think oh I might slip up and I might say my partner and then they know that you have this other partner or what have you yeah that can get very draining to keep in check like what you've told certain people yeah about who and I think another reason to come out and this can be sort of like an activist thing is to normalize polyamory because like we were saying not everybody knows what the heck polyamory is yeah so Part of coming out could just be to like be like, hey, like this is an actual possible thing in society. There are people who do this. And this is this comes more from a position of like if you have the privilege and the safety to be able to come out to normalize this. Again, this could be a way to also be to be freeing if you if one of like your identities or your hobbies, passions is around doing activism you could express this to people around you as a way to, again, engage them and be like, hey, you might want to think about, like, there are people around that do this sort of thing. And especially when monogamy is out there being framed all the time in media representation and and, and everywhere as being the default. And so it could be just to introduce people to the topic, but the, this, this also takes a lot of privilege. Yeah, I think another reason is to find support from your friends or family. Being able to be truthful with them means that if they're accepting that they can provide you either emotional or some other form of support as you navigate your life. Absolutely. With friends, family, and with community members. So for example, if you do end up coming out to people in like a religious community or in a, you know, an organization that you do certain types of work with, for example, if you are able to come out in a community like community organization or religious organization, sometimes you are able to find support in that way too, if that's important to you or spir- spiritual sense. Yeah. 
So then you can find, you know, more support from various sources. But if you are not out, then that does get a little bit trickier. So there can be many benefits to coming out, and there's even more than what we've just listed there. But in order to even come out, there might be some tips that you can consider before you take the step to come out. So we'll talk about some tips, some practical tips, and some things that may or may not work. Yeah. Great. Like I said, you know, sort of take your take everything that you feel like is applicable to you and modify it as you see fit to fit your specific situation. But yeah, I think one of the first tips is sort of getting your getting your mental space in order, you know, making sure that you're, you know, as much as possible in our capitalist society, not super stressed, you know, maybe, you know, make sure that, you know, if you're on medication, that you're taking your medication regularly, stuff like that. And I find, I found it personally when, and I'll talk about this more later, I found personally, it was helpful to sort of visualize or game plan, like, what were the possible outcomes for like these coming out conversation I had. Visualizing can definitely be a helpful tool. For me, it was if I was going to do a visualization technique, I'm very prone to anxiety. So for me, visualizing could lead to catastrophizing. And therefore, it was very helpful for me to do that with someone who was a skilled like professional, like a therapist. That way I didn't devolve it, like go into that spiral of all or nothing or catastrophizing thinking, because when I visualize outcomes, I can get stuck on like the worst possible outcome instead of seeing like, oh, but yes, there is the worst possible outcome. Of course, there's always a worst possible outcome. But there's also much better outcomes, and the other outcomes and the neutral outcomes are also more likely to happen than the worst possible outcome. Yeah. I think you had also said that you would visualize some of the outcomes with friends. Uh, did you, uh, G, you had shared this with me before? I talked about it with a friend. So as I was planning on coming out, I talked about it with my friend Kay and sort of we talked about because he he's known me the longest and we talked about like different scenarios and which scenarios we thought were the most likely ones so yeah just sort of being able to talk it out was helpful for me i think that's something that can be helpful about with practicing with friends or again therapists can be practicing just the act of coming out with friends so you could pretend again that your therapist or your friend again with their consent is your you know whoever parent sibling, whoever, and, you know, kind of role play what it would be like to come out to them, if that's helpful for you. And I think another really practical tip for me that helped me the most was coming out to someone who I thought was going to be the most accepting first, getting people who I knew would be on my side. So again, I came out to people who in my family who I thought, okay, these people are more likely to be accepting. So I'm going to come out to them before I come out to the people who are a little bit harder to quote unquote, get on my side. Yeah, I definitely agree. I, my circle of sort of people I came out to was first was sort of close friends. My sister was another person who I came out to fairly early on. I wasn't until like much later, they decided to come out to the people who I thought it'd be hardest to come out to. One other thing that you could do to come out, and I did not do this with being, with coming out as polyamorous, but I did do this with coming out as trans. I did this with coming out as trans to my grandparents because I just, I didn't know how to come out verbally to them, is writing a letter. And, G, have you ever done this, come out in a letter? No. Okay. 
Well, it is, it is a, you can, you can come out in all sorts of ways. You don't have to just do it face to face. And of course, in Zoom times, you could come out over Zoom if you really wanted to. So that way, at least you don't have the awkward, I mean, Zoom is kind of like face to face, but then at least you're not physically there. But I did write a, a letter to my grandparents coming out as trans. And because I was just, again, I'm a very anxious person and I was just too nervous to do it in person. And it did help for me. There was a little bit of anxiety waiting for the response because like at least in person or in real time, you have the immediacy of knowing whether or not they reject you or accept you. Mm -hmm. Kind of. I mean, unless I think maybe in a rare case, you might get someone who says, oh, I I need to really process that. But I think the majority of people are going to say right off the bat, they're going to say how they feel. Yeah. One way or another. And they might additionally say, and I still need to process a lot of my feelings. And they might change their feelings. But for the large part, you know, writing a letter means you do not get to know their feelings right away. Yeah. As you were talking, I realized that I I haven't come out in a letter, but I did kind of come out in a Facebook post because I posted on Facebook what name I wanted to be called and the pronouns I wanted to be used. But that was after... That was just for distant acquaintances at that point. So I don't know how much of that you'd consider like a coming out to. There wasn't a whole lot on the on the line if some distant person who I haven't met in like eight years was like, oh, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> can't even with this person. Oh, you don't have to come out to everybody. You only have to come out to the people who you want to come out to. Like, for example... I I came out to my friends and family about everything that's going on in my life, the fact that I am polyamorous, the fact that I'm non-binary. I did eventually tell my work that I am non-binary because I wanted them to do specific things like change what name they called me, what pronouns to use, stuff like that. I have still not told my work that I'm polyamorous because, frankly, I don't think it's any of their business. The only reason I told them I was non-binary is because I want them to call me certain things and use certain pronouns. Otherwise, I would still think it's no their business. So, yeah. And, you know, if there's any, any family member who you're not comfortable coming out to or any, like, part of your social circle which you're not comfortable coming out to, like, you don't have to do it. Like, just do what feels right to you and what is safe for you. Now, that being said, because if you do choose to come out to anybody in your friend circle or family bio bio family or chosen family, it is possible that even if you don't come out to everybody, word might get around. Yes. So unfortunately, even if you don't want to come out to everybody, it might get around. And mm-hmm. so you should also mentally prepare for the fact that you might be outed. Yes. And that is a risk mm-hmm. that you take with this. So regardless of your active choice to come out to people, you might get that choice taken from you. And I will say on the comment that you were just saying, G, about coming out at work because of like being polyamorous and like you didn't think it was anybody's business is I just realized that, you know, I had never necessarily actively come out as polyamorous in a work setting. I've never said I am polyamorous, but I realized that I have often said things like my partners or I guess with colleagues that I've gotten very close to that we became friends, I've said like, yeah, I'm polyamorous just blatantly. But just like off the cuff, I've realized that I've said things like my partners or I'm going on vacation with my one partner. Mm-hmm. And I don't really try to necessarily hide that. But I also I think that is like its own type of coming out. 
as I'm talking with you, I've realized it's like this, not an overt coming out, but like a... Subtle? Subtle coming out. Yeah. But also partner is just like a wonderfully ambiguous term. It's kind of ambiguous. Yeah. Like, am I going Am I going on vacation with my business partner? Do I have a law firm secretly yeah, on the secretly side? Secretly on the side. Like, I'm a, I'm a PhD student, but also am I... A high flute lawyer? Right. Who knows? Are, am, am I about I to go rob a bank? Phoenix Wright? Am I about to go rob... My partner here. Yeah. What the? Right. <laughs> I was trying to go for Italian mafioso, and that did not come out. I don't. Again, you can skip. go to www. <laughs> not a mafia accent slash. <laughs> yeah. So the last tip I want to talk about, which I have not done myself, but I saw it online as I was doing research for this episode, is is a tip that's actually adapted from a tip from the Dan Savage Savage Love podcast. And the idea behind, I understand the reasoning behind this tip, but I also think there's a possibility for it to backfire. But basically the tip is to bring your partners around as, but introduce them as friends and let your family get to know them. And once your family's gotten to know them and hopefully like them, then you come out as polyamorous or as gay in the original tip. And I understand the logic behind this because the idea is instead of having some sort of abstract, abstract idea that you can dehumanize, you instead have to face the reality of like, oh, this is a person that I like. And I have to confront the reality of this person's humanity and the humanity of the partners that they just introduced. I understand the logic of that. I also feel like there is a possibility of this like backfiring and feeling like, Somebody like accusing you of like lying to them and misleading them. So yeah, what do you think about this? My gut reaction is that I can totally see it backfiring because it could, for some people, be like, oh, that betrays a certain trust between us because it could be seen as quote unquote lying. And I can see some people getting upset about that. So I would say it would depend on what, like every person has to judge this approach for themselves and how they think those people are going to react. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it going poorly. Yeah. But I also understand the logic. Yeah, the logic is there. Like, humanize the people. I think that's even how, in general society, when we talk about activism in general and just exposing people, like exposing people to polyamorous people, just like knowing like, oh, hey, there are people out there, you know, my coworkers and my whatever that are polyamorous and they're like totally normal people, even just that is a good thing to know that there yeah. there's other people that are different than us in society and they are everywhere, obviously, that idea. So humanizing people, I think, is good. When it becomes so personal, it becomes a huge risk because it's like you have the background with, especially when it comes to, like, family. It's like, oh, or, like, really good friends. Yeah. Oh, risky, risky. So, yeah, this is definitely, like, like we said at the, at the top of the section, you know, take these tips and you know, come up with a strategy that suits your situation. So now that we've given you some tips, we would also like to talk about potential reactions. And I had thought about these reactions just to, you know, oversimplify things. We sort of have like the positive, neutral, negative reactions, and then like a mixed bags of those things. And more than anything, you're going to be answering a lot of questions, most likely. And a lot of the common questions that I've gotten as a reaction is like, isn't that cheating or like an equivalent of that question? Or like, does this partner know? Like, especially if they know like that you, they know one of your partners, but they don't know your other partners. Like, do they know? So that's kind of how I have divvied up these reactions in a very oversimplified way. Yes. Yeah, I think 
isn't this the the cheating questions big one another i think another big one that at least i've gotten is asking about sex and like how that works really <laughs> yeah what i've gotten that t- i've gotten a lot of sex questions too but like why cuz people think when they hear polyamory they just think it's a nonstop orgy right which it's not <laughs> <sighs> So let's go over these reactions. We have the positive reaction, mm-hmm. which I would say, based off of all the stories I've heard of people coming out, this one's kind of rare. Yeah. But this is like the, oh, you know, we love you and support you and we're so happy we want to meet your partners and this is... Or it's the, uh, oh, I'm into that too. <laughs> or it's the, oh, yeah. Or, oh, I'm polyamorous too. You find out your, yeah. you know, your parents are polyamorous or your, your siblings or whatever. Yeah, that happens. But you had mentioned... When I had wrote this note, that you had thought the positive was the the new was yeah, the, neutral. the neutral yeah yeah the neutral when you when you first when I was first reading these over I was like isn't the positive like oh you do you like yeah that's what I thought was the neutral so like a, the neutral is just like yeah you do you I respect that but I I might not get it but you do you I don't necessarily want to know anymore about it but whatever. That's kind of what I saw as the neutral reaction. Uh, I've had a lot of neutral reactions overall. Yeah. But you saw that more as the positive reaction. I think in a majority of scenarios, this would probably be like the positive reaction. At least when I, and I'll talk about this more, like when I was coming out to my parents, like this was kind of the best I was hoping for. The funny enough, when I, when I thought about the, uh, oh, I also happen to be X, whatever X is, remind me of a time when I found out that some of my friends were also in the kink scene. I hadn't realized that. That's great. I still really want to have that experience. It's actually something that I know people who have, who have found out some of their family members are in the scene or like siblings. And I like kind of always wanted that experience to have that solidarity of mm-hmm. like knowing that someone in your, in your family or whatever, or, you know, close friend circle from whatever is in the scene or is polyamorous just to like know like oh hey there's someone like quote unquote on my side you know in my family but i haven't had that experience so what is your experience g you want to talk about your experience with oh wait do we skip over a bunch of stuff i'm so sorry i got ahead of myself yeah you're just eager i'm eager to know about your experience of coming out yeah but let's go back so we've got the neutral and now the negative is pretty common the negative of coming out as polyamorous, which is like, you know, you could lose your relationships Chips, entirely. Yeah. Like you could, quote unquote, be disowned. Your family members or friends could cut you out of their life. They're just distancing their relationships. Distancing, judgment. They could yeah. think that you are a lesser person because of being polyamorous. You could lose your reputation. You could be discriminated against. Yeah, because being polyamorous is not a legally protected class. That's right. And it can lead to a lot of misunderstanding. Mm. So this, it does take with it a lot of risk. Yeah. And lastly, there's probably the most common reaction, which is a mixed bag. Like some combination of the above three. Of course, we're oversimplifying here. But most likely when you come out to somebody, because humans are complex, they'll have complex responses to what you're telling them. So it could be some combination of all three or just two of them. Yeah. It's like, questions and then like judgment and then like eventual acceptance like, or... yeah some degree of acceptance like okay you do you yeah soji tell me 
tell our audience folks, what was your experience slash experiences like coming out as polyamorous? So like I said, I first, when T and I first started doing polyamory, yeah, I think the first people who knew were sort of in our social circle. And then I eventually told my sister about it. And that went pretty well. She also told me that she was sort of into polyamory as well, though not quite as more like a closed triad at the time, if I remember correctly. And then but that was quite a while ago. Very recently, within this last year, I decided to come out to my parents about everything in my life. Uh, well, not everything, but about being polyamorous and about being non-binary. So I took them out to dinner, had a conversation and towards the end of dinner I decided to finally bite the bullet and tell them about everything and they asked me a lot of questions I got initially I got a lot more pushback about being polyamorous than about than about being non-binary which was kind of the opposite of what I was expecting and initially they said that they were accepting and to a certain extent they have become fairly accepting of we don't talk about much but they they seem to accept the fact that I'm polyamorous. Oh, they also asked questions about the th- the question that came out of left field for me was like, well, how do you plan on raising kids in this environment? And I'm like, kids kids are not on the horizon, which I think disappointed them. Fortunately, they're not too pushy on that subject, unlike some other parents I've heard of. So yeah, they so at first they pushed back a lot about the polyamory. But then, but they said they were initially accepting, but sort of as time has gone on, it's kind of flipped in the sense that they, they're they still not very accepting of the fact that I'm non-binary, but they seem to have come to terms with the fact that I have multiple partners. I don't know if that's just like more socially acceptable to them because they're from like a generation where like it was known that people had affairs. So like the idea of multiple partners is not completely outside their universe of knowledge. Yeah, that's an interesting remark because certainly I remember even when I started dating, you know, my mom would say things like, you know, you don't just have to date one guy. You know, you don't have to, like, she was very much like, you don't, you don't date one person until you go steady. Like, you, you date around with multiple people and then you decide to settle, like, you go steady with a person. And so, like, there is some degree of flexibility, but the dating scene has changed, actually, in a way, since then. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that that is interesting. But so you would say, like, now they're more accepting of the polyamory thing. Yeah, I'd say they're more accepting of it now. And, you know, my mom will ask about both you and about T. And my dad is a little bit more stubborn about it, but he's still, I think, more accepting of that than of my um, gender queerness. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you, so they ask about me and T, and do you think, like, what other benefits do you think you've gotten from being out? I mean, the main thing is just not having to tiptoe. Like, I, you know, having to explain to, when I first moved, uh, when I first moved to Baltimore, like, I didn't want to have to explain to my parents, like, why, like, if, because we were, T and I were polyamorous at that point. And I didn't want to try to explain to my parents that it's like, oh, I'm still with T, but, you know, I might possibly bring other people around. This is back when I thought I'd be doing that. So I just said, yeah, T and I broke up, but we're still friends. And so I think they're very, I think for a while they're very confused about why 
I still spent a lot of time with T, despite the fact that we broke up, quote unquote, broke up like years ago. So yeah, just not having to tiptoe around certain things and, you know, also, you know, get to have have some more some more stuff to talk about at the dining table which can sometimes be difficult if you have some fraught history with your family that's really interesting so my journey of coming out happened in stages that went back and forth because i think what happened was my family didn't quite believe me anytime i came out about anything they always thought this is a phase yeah and it was never a phase so i had to keep re-coming out about something and I think, like, I had tried to come out about my sexuality back in, like, middle school, and then that was a phase to them, so then I had to, like, re-come out in college, and I tried to, like, come out about my gender when I was, like, just exploring, and I was, like, kind of going by agender, gender, queer, gender fluid. I went by a couple different things at the time, because I was still exploring, and I wasn't sure quite yet. And, and to be honest, like, I'm still very confused about my gender. Let's be honest, you know, it's it's a confusing thing. What is gender? That is a whole separate thing. <laughs> that we will not get into on this episode of KNP. But I came out to my dad, my dad first, first. And so my my dad and my mom aren't together and they never were really. So he's like the most, most accepting, but even he had concerns. And his concerns were very much wrapped up in the, like he knew that I was dating someone who was married and his concerns were that I wouldn't be as important because I wasn't married to this person. And, but this, and, and actually that's like a very perceptive concern. He was very quick on the, well, this sets you up in a different, you know, they're in a hierarchical thing. And like, then you're, and I was like, that's, you know, I can see your concern and that's very perceptive. And he was just so, so concerned for my emotional well-being. Mm-hmm. And I could see him as being, if, if he had been given the option when he was younger and polyamory had been more of an option, I could have seen him fitting in with polyamory as a relationship structure because i think in his like when we've talked about relationships he he's told me that he identifies as like aromantic for example Mm -hmm. Uh, and he does seem to be someone who would fit not that aromantic people have to be polyamorous but just how he talks about is a little bit more like relationship anarchy style yeah and i'm like i could totally see him like fitting into that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and he like doesn't like the idea of marriage very much and so it's okay so he was accepting but he still had concerns and then I came out to my sister and she was like crying and like even though she was she was concerned about me because of again it, it comes back to a lot of this heteronormative stuff where it's like what about marriage it's always about marriage or in your case it was about children Yes. Which in my case, the the marriage was the precursor. Let's be let's be clear. Mm-hmm. The marriage was really a precursor to the kid question because mm-hmm. it all rolls into each other. Yeah. And when I had finally come out to my mom as being polyamorous, it again falls into this heteronormativity because you know how you had said like your mom would ask about me and T. Well, my mom put you and X on a very different framework because she understood you to be a at the time because you were only going by G at that time when I came out to her as a masculine being and she refused to see me as a masculine being and so she saw us as a theoretically straight couple and therefore she only wanted to know about you but there was there was never any straightness going on in any of it there was zero straightness ever. So 
you had just said it's nice that you have things to talk about at the dinner table. Like that's mm -hmm. one of the benefits for you is you actually get to talk about your partners. You get to talk about like what T's doing in work. You get to talk about, you know, what I'm doing with my stuff. Yeah. I get to brag about your research papers. Yeah, whatever. And <laughs> what happened with my mom was like the opposite. She kept on saying she wanted to know more about my life. And when I finally opened up about my life, whenever I would, she would say, well, what's going on? I would try to talk about my partners. I was shut down. Mm -hmm. I don't want to hear about that. You know, so actually hugely backfired. And... I will say, too, it wasn't just with my family that this backfired. And this isn't to say that I regret coming out. I will say I still am glad that I came out and that I'm free, in a sense. I don't talk to my mom very much, but I'm still glad that I, you know, came out and it's done. Yeah. But I've also had to come out to, like, therapists, mm -hmm. which we don't often think of that. But sometimes, like, I haven't always had the choice of having, of knowing in advance that the therapist is going to be definitely polyamory friendly. Even if they're LGBTQ friendly, they might not necessarily know about polyamory. Yeah. And so I've had to come out as polyamorous and I've gotten, in fact, with my last therapist that I trialed that I ended up dumping, her immediate question to me saying that I'm polyamorous was, well, that's for the sex, right? <laughs> well, she couldn't be more wrong about that. So... I, I don't know why why the therapist would be wrong about asking the famously ace M. Yeah. About isn't polyamory all about the sex for you? So again the sex question, right? Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. No. Yeah. That was it was super awkward when I came out to my parents and they decided to ask me about if I was practicing safer sex. Well at least that's what they asked you. They said, Are you practicing safer sex? Yeah. Well, that's a nice question. All things considered, right? All things considered, yeah. Maybe if our relationship was a little bit different, it would have been fine, but... But it was, like, out of the blue for you, and it was like, this is weird. Yeah. And they're just assuming that you're having, like, loads of sex. Yeah, yeah. With a bunch of randos. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that sucks. I just, like, you know, as a therapist, even if that's your internal thought, is like oh, this person is clearly having a lot of sex. You don't fucking say that. Like, you'd be curious. Like, you you, you, are, you just open up like, why are you practicing polyamory? Like, can you tell me more about that? Or like, I don't have a lot of experience with people who, who are involved in, in polyamory. Like, what's that like for you? And maybe I wouldn't have had all of the spoons to educate her. And I would have had to have dumped her anyways. But, you know, it was just not a very considerate question. And what I could have done is I could have not come out to her and I could have just got the therapy that I needed for my depression and anxiety. And I could mm -hmm. have just put the polyamory aside and pretended to not be polyamorous for the duration of therapy. Again, that means tiptoeing. It means not being able to go to the therapist for support if things arise in my relationships. And I decided I need a therapist who is going to be able to be receptive to these things. Yeah. So... I know you had said, like, when we originally talked about coming out as polyamorous, you didn't consider the therapy angle. I did not. I guess I have not, I so far have not had a bad experience with talking to an LGBTQ therapist about polyamory stuff. So I hadn't really considered it as sort of like a coming out experience because, like, I, I expected, I've been, at this point, I've been to enough therapist that like I expect the LGBTQ ones to be at least somewhat knowledgeable about polyamory 
they don't have to be fully versed about it, but they have to be, but usually I found them to be accepting of it. So I was a little bit surprised to hear about your negative experience and I'm sorry that happened to you. But yeah, it is. I mean, when you go see a new therapist, you're coming out about a lot of stuff, about a lot of your trauma. I've got a whole spiel ready to tell every new therapist to get them up to date. Mm-hmm. See, I hadn't really thought of it as a coming out experience, but it is. Yeah, you're telling this. If you're seeing a new therapist, there's mostly a stranger, like all this personal stuff about your life. Yeah. One last thought that I had on my experiences coming out was, you know, I had mentioned earlier that I kind of sometimes covertly or subtly come out as polyamorous to coworkers. And there was one coworker who like was talking about his fiance, I think girlfriend at the time. And he kept on being like, my girlfriend, my girlfriend, blah, 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 blah. And I, and I had said like, oh yeah, my partners. And then like I'd mentioned, at one point he stops me and he goes, we get it. You're polyamorous. Okay. And I was just like, uh, okay. Yeah. And he goes, well, you don't have to keep saying like my partners. And I was like, well, you were telling me about your girlfriend. So I just thought I would talk about my partners. And he was like, yeah, we get it. Okay. I was like, sorry, sorry, how how do you want me to phrase it? And he was like, no, like, we get it. I was just like, I didn't understand what was going on. But I, re- I realized that I think it was, he didn't want me to talk about it. Mm-hmm. But he but he wanted to talk about his girlfriend a lot. And so I thought I was just reciprocating the conversation. I don't know what was going on there. Maybe it was a neurodivergent com- communication thing. But yeah. Yeah, I... I have not had a similar experience, mostly because I'm not that social at work. I have told one, at this point, former co-worker. He has since left to another company, but he was a pretty chill guy. And, you know, we talked up and at a certain point I was like, yeah, you know, I, I think the same thing happened where I mentioned partners to him. And he's like, oh, are you, are you poly? He already knew what the term was. So he, and I was like, yeah, I am. And like... But that's not a common, like, it's not like I spend a whole lot of time at the office water cooler mm-hmm. chatting with the other the other office drones about that sports ball and, you know, going out with, going out to the bars for the drinks. No idea what that's like. Well. <laughs> so yeah, I've not really had that experience. I just wonder if I had only been saying my boyfriend, would he have reacted the same way? I doubt it. Right. Or singular, what if I had only been saying my partner? Again, I doubt it. You doubt it. Yeah. Okay. Weird stuff. Yeah. Well, on that note. All right. If you like this episode and you want to share it with everybody who's your partners with, your metamors with, with people who you want to let them know that you're polyamorous, (laughs) you want to come out with our podcast, if that's how you want to do it, you do you. (laughs) You can share this episode with everyone. And everyone who's thinking about coming out. And please consider donating using the link at the bottom of the show notes. This is M. This is G. Don't be afraid to love how you love. Love what you love. And love who you love. If you'd like to get in touch with either M or myself, you can tweet us at KMP Podcast. You can find us at knppodcast.tumblr.com. Or you can email us at kinky.nerdy.poly at gmail.com. Alrighty, alrighty. I can see our reforms. Woohoo. What? You don't remember any of the song that ends with a woohoo? A woohoo. Duck dicks, a woohoo. What?
duck dicks. Oh my god, do not do that to me. Why would you do that to me right now? We're not doing that. We are not doing that. Okay? We're not doing that. We're not we're not doing duck dicks. We're not doing duck dicks. Okay. I'm moving the mic a little closer to you. Okay. Because my my waveforms are looking good and I, I'm pretty sure your your voice sounds good. Say say stuff again. I'm saying stuff that's definitely not duck dicks. Woohoo. Okay. Be excited about something. Be excited. Oh, that was that was good. All right. Excitement 101. Okay, don't you don't have to be that excited. Oh, da- please don't be that excited actually. Dial the excitement down to just 100, not 101. I'm going to just Please don't be that excited.